welcome folks back. Super kicking with Steven. That's right. Super kicking with Steven. Glad to have you on board. Look who I found lurching in the woods. He needed a week off to process his son's uh, demoralizing loss. I don't know what we want to call it, Greg, but the table was set, and unfortunately, that table broke for your son. So how are you doing this week? Yeah, I'm just now coming out of mourning after my guys failed miserably against the Mavericks. You know, it went seven games, but it shouldn't have gone seven games. They should have handled that business, and we should be looking at a matchup of the century with the uh, Suns and the Warriors right now, but not going to get it. So, you know, as it is, you're going to get up, dust yourselves off, make some adjustments in the offseason, and then they'll be back next season ready to do it again and only better. So, you know, shout out to the Suns. It was a good season. It wasn't a great season. You know, if we could have stopped at the end of the regular season, we would have, you know, been far and away the best. But, you know, it only counts now. So, you know, it still hurts. It still hurts right here. But, you know, the they'll be back. Like they're just going to kill everybody. I agree. No who comes out of the East. Yep. I just think everything is rolling their way. Uh, and then what happens with DeAndre Ayton? His name has come up a lot lately, Greg. I, he was even mentioned possibly for a trade, I think, before the trade deadline for Sabonis at the time. But one of the, I'm sure one of the teams turned that down or it never came to fruition. But uh, what happens with Ayton now? Do you think he's back on the Suns next year or is he off to somewhere else? Yeah, it's tricky because if – they keep him, then the only thing he's going to want is that Supermax contract, which is going to be four years and like 200 and something million, 240, 50 million dollars. Is he worth that much? You know, he really didn't start to shine until Chris Paul came in two seasons ago and they started to finally scratch the surface what he can do, but he can, he's still not there. He's not even close. And there's some games where He's been really passive. He's been very, for a guy his size and his ability, he should be killing it the way Shaquille O'Neal's Shaq used to do back in the day. Uh, He's bigger than everybody. He's more athletic than everybody. He should be dunking on everybody's heads, and that's not what he's doing. So it's tricky because Artisan is going to want to commit that much money to a guy who pretty much floundered his first two years and only has – started to live up to his potential in this last two years. So if you give me the option, I'm starting to look around and see if there's somebody that I can see as an upgrade over him, because that's a lot of money to invest on a guy who hasn't shown four years of uh, solid performance. So I wouldn't be surprised to see him in, in another uniform next year, just because, you know, Supermax. You know, Booker's already got it, but he deserves it. And Aiton is not anywhere near that level. So, And if you need more pieces, that's two guys that you've already kind of booked, you know, used up most of your comp salary probably. So you wonder. Right. Yeah. right. And they could use that money to bring in Dame Lillards because, you know, he wants to leave and get into a winning situation. So I can imagine that backcourt with him and Chris Paul and Devin Booker. Holy crap. Yeah. You might not you know, be worried could, about the big man anymore, too, 
because of the way, you know, look at the Suns. I mean, I couldn't even tell you who their big guy is. Because you just kind of play, you throw your best, five best players out there anymore and just roll the ball out. So, right. So. Um, and then my Pacers in, it sounds like they're, we're probably going to be busy in the draft. I think we might try to see what we can get for Brogdon, get some draft capital. I don't know, Miles Turner, that name comes up a lot. I don't, I don't think he'll be back on the Pacers next year. I think it's time to move on. We got Isaiah Jackson who will come into his second year, and it's just you know it's probably time to to pull the trigger on Miles Turner, going somewhere else. And if he, you know, blossoms into something, then he does. I mean, this is going to be year eight, I think it is, or seven for him. That's a lot of years, you know, where you just keep saying, oh, he's got potential. He's got, you know, how long do you wait? I mean, even with Aiton, for example, they said, you know, this is year five, and they're already kind of like. You know, losing the patience. <laughs> so, yeah. as Pacers fans, you know, we're, we're, uh, there's times, like you said, you know, like with Miles Turner, he's got the defense, he can hit a three, uh, but, uh, you know, he's just too inconsistent. So, yeah, I'll be curious to see what happens there. But, Greg, we have, I don't know where to start with this, but we have the big news, the only news probably that we need this week. Uh, so pretty much Monday night, Sasha Banks and Naomi were rehearsing or, you know, working on things for that night. Didn't like the plans, weren't too keen on it. Mentioned that idea. Then it came to be known that they essentially dropped their titles on the desk of Vince or whoever and walked out and, um, we, it's been radio silent on their end. And I did see that Sasha was possibly at a concert over the weekend. So she's still living her life, Greg. Uh, but they are, as of Friday night, they're indefinitely suspended, which I think means we're trying to work this out. But then at the same time, they've removed all shop gear of theirs, of theirs. And they, you know, Naomi's removing WWE stuff from her Twitter. Uh, like I said, radio silent on their end. But, uh, and I, I, I loved it because I saw a headline today, Greg, about it saying it's going to get worse before it gets better. And I'm like, well, no, no. Like, <laughs> a lot right. of these things never just get all of a sudden, you know, happy go lucky. Uh, we, the downfall is, Greg, we hear this a few times about Sasha. You know, she knows her worth, she wants to be with that worth. And she's willing to fight for it. But this is probably the first time, or maybe the only time, we've heard it from Naomi's side. And then people are like, well, Jimmy and Jay are going to get punished. Obviously not, after what we saw Friday night. I don't. I think they're going to separate them. You know, they're not going to hurt Jimmy and Jay because of what Naomi's choices are. But I, I don't know. I, I think, you know... Apparently, it's a couple months before both women's contracts up. And I think they either freeze the contracts so they can't go anywhere or they do try to figure this out. I really, you know, I think I think Vince McMahon is highly on Sasha Banks' side. I can't foresee him, you know, letting her go away all of a sudden. And if she does, I wonder if she'll try Hollywood first, Greg, and then maybe go back into wrestling or 
you know, do some small bookings here and there. But I could kind of see Sasha trying the Hollywood route. Um, but what is your take on this big, gigantic? And I also got to say, at first I thought, okay, WWE is trying to get in front of this story on Monday Night Greg. And I thought, whether it's good or bad, it's probably for the best of them to get out of the story, ahead of the story, instead of the dirt sheets, you know, and all the, the wrestling bloggers and all that. But then after Friday night, I was like, okay, you're, you're being pretty petty with this. You know, do a, mm-hmm. uh, a WWE statement saying we've suspended them. Don't have Michael Cole, you know, make the statement he does. And you even saw Pat McAfee's reaction, like, whatever. You know, like, I have to play along with this, but I don't really want to. So I, I personally think, yeah, I think they're, I think they'll try to work it out somehow. Or else we're just be sitting on the shelf for a time being. And it might be longer than we want, but they are going to announce a tournament for new champions, which is funny because there's no teams. <laughs> so either <laughs> you better call up Io Shirai and get her there, or you're going to you're going to throw a team together again. So there's a lot to unpack here. Greg, have at it. Give me your own take on all this kind of fiasco right now in WWE. Yeah, it's it was very shocking um, that it happened. And the first thing when you hear something like this, you wonder, is it, is it real or is it a storyline thing? And the fact that they had already gone and promoted the six-pack challenge for the main event with Naomi and Sasha in, included in it. Um, and then an hour into the show, they had to change on the fly and then change the main event. And they released a, a press release during before Raw was even off the air. Um, now we can see that, okay, this is a real thing. This actually happened. And then the report started to leak out from... Uh, Sean Ross Sapp, who is a uh, highly respected and noted uh, wrestling uh, pundit who's around backstage all the time. And, you know, he reported a couple other people reported it. And we found out in the days after that they really did. They went into uh, when I heard Johnny Ace or John Laurinaitis office through the belts of the table and left. And they actually did leave during the show, and that forced him to change the plan. And we've seen him change the plan before, but it was always the WWE's doing. You know, they had a one-on-one main event that becomes a tag team match or a tag team becomes a six-man or whatever. Um, that happens during the course of the show, and it's all explained during the um, time of the broadcast. This was not one of those cases um, because of them literally walking out now you have to go and do something new right off the fly. And that was pretty shocking to hear, especially in the days after when we finally found out that, you know, this is actually what happened. They did this. And now what's going to happen? Um, shout out to Becky and Oscar for picking up the gauntlet from, you know, what Naomi and Sasha left them with and having a really good main event. Um, but I'm a little disappointed with Naomi and Sasha, to be honest. Um, they're not the first and they won't be the last to get like a crap sandwich as far as what their storyline is and 
what they have to do. The women's titles are already kind of an afterthought as it is. We know that. But, you know, it's on them to make something of it. You know, uh, lots of guys, you know, right now or in the past and in the future, they're going to get a whole lot of stuff they don't like and they're going to have to make something of it. And these ladies are professionals. They've been doing this for, you know, over a decade. And especially from Sasha, I'd expect more from her. Um, Naomi, I get it. She's been drowning in bad storylines for a long time. Uh, up until she got involved in this storyline with Sasha and winning the titles. She had the whole thing with Sonya Deville and the, the bullying aspect and not really getting to pay that off. Uh, and then getting put in part of bad tag teams. When she wasn't in a bad tag team, she was not on TV at all. So uh, I kind of understand from Naomi's perspective how her fire is exactly lit creatively. Uh, until maybe right now, but, you know, now they have the, the women's tag team titles and no challengers aside from two random women that just throw together and make them look like they're, you know, a legit threat, which we all know they're not. So uh, I get it from Naomi's uh, end. I, I read something today where I, it could be speculation. It could be actual, you know, truth behind it that Sasha was upset since WrestleMania because she figures Ronda Rousey got her spot in WrestleMania against Charlotte Flair. So you take an argument like that and that's understandable. You know, it's WrestleMania is the biggest stage, most eyeballs. And of course we know that Charlotte and Sasha could have 10 times better match than Charlotte and Ronda had. So I get the point from that aspect, but you know, she's just coming off a uh, WrestleMania highlight uh, a year ago with uh, Bianca Belair. So, you know, in the same time, it seems a little petty. Um, and as far as... Another aspect real quick was how they said they felt unsafe working with some of the competitors in the six-pack challenge. I didn't understand that because... Right. You would think Becky and Asuka, they've worked with tons of time. I mean, unless right. it was two drop. I mean, that's the only woman I could think that they, but then they, they only worked with two drop. I thought when two drop debuted. So I was kind right. of confused. I, I wonder if that was just maybe misunderstood, you know, and I could see them being upset, being part of a random six pack challenge because they are the women's tag team champions. But I thought that aspect of them feeling unsafe, I didn't understand that part. And Nick, Nikki Ash, like, I think they yeah. both worked with Nikki Ash. So I don't, I wonder if that was maybe some sort of misunderstanding there. Because I don't know why they would feel unsafe working with the women in that six pack shop. But, right. Yeah, these girls. Up, that came up and, you know, they said they had plenty of time to rehearse it. But I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't know what that, you know, unless something happened at that, you know, maybe something happened in one of the rehearsals or, you know, the practices, but I don't know. It just felt kind of weird that that would happen all of a sudden. Right. I mean, all these ladies have been running in the same circles for a long time. Um, you can maybe take Oscar out of the mix because she's just got back from injury, but 
you know, they've been working together for a long time, if not uh, on TV together in house shows and everything like that. So it really doesn't make sense that they would bring up the whole feeling uncomfortable. Seems like a un, an excuse, just a convenient excuse. Yeah. Um, what do you think is the end game here, Greg? Yeah, it's real interesting because it looks like both sides are digging in um, with WWE going and pulling their WWE shop uh, merch down. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure they get a cut of whatever sells on the merch site and uh, deleting their Facebook profiles or suspending the Facebook profiles, whatever, um, you know, takes attention away from them. Uh, some accessibility, and then uh, namely going and removing the WWE, anything WWE-related off of her Twitter um, says a lot. Um, both sides are really dug in. And then there's that story, like you were saying, that both women are close to the end of their contracts, about two months from what I saw, two months from the end of their contracts. So... You're right. Somebody's going to have to blink, and uh, I think there's definitely more value with Sasha at the moment. She's the bigger star. She's one of the faces of the women's division. You know, four horsewomen and all that. But at the same time, you have Naomi, and she could end up being more valuable just because of her relation to the bloodline, and being able to put her in that mix, and you can make her bigger than Sasha if you really wanted to. And the fact um, that she went along with this. Now that right. she's trying to stand up for herself. You know, Vince McMahon might actually respect that more, you know, just knowing how he is. Um, right. Yeah. Um, I agree with that for sure. Um, so they actually have some, some good leverage being this close to the end of their contracts and being involved, you know, first with the titles, which is going to be a moot point later, but um, but with uh, Naomi being involved with by relation to the bloodline and being able to put put her into that mix when that story starts to get a little stale, um, things they could do with her. Sasha is already a big star outside the WWE. We look with her involvement with the Mandalorian and the things she's been doing acting wise in Hollywood. Um, you know her star appeal can only get bigger uh, outside the WWE, so they don't have to to just take what they give them. And this is a good bargaining ploy. It's, it's not good form as far as walking out on their, um, you know, the other girls mid show and forcing them to, you know, into an uncomfortable situation. Um, but. I think this ends up, as far as the end game is concerned, that they really do go back to the bargaining table and try to re-up both the ladies. If for no other reason than storyline that you don't want to see them turn up in AEW. And I think we would all love it if, you know, we had a Sasha Banks debut as the Joker on another card or something like that. 
uh, on a double or nothing or whatever, you know, down the road, you know, the place would explode. Um, same thing for Naomi, you know, her turn up on, you know, a different program. They're more valuable in the WWE system than if they let them leave. And I think if they did leave, that that impact would be felt uh, maybe in the ratings and, you know, turning eyeballs off of WWE programming and onto other programming. I think pulling the merchandise was probably a smart idea on WWE's part because I think 90% of the people were on Sasha Banks and Naomi's side. So they probably would have let's treat the merchandise. And like really, you know, probably it's even higher. Probably ninety-five percent is on, you know, or on a Sasha and Naomi side this time yeah. around. So I can only imagine what would have happened if their merch would have been kept up. Uh, I think they would have seen an influx of merch because you know, like like I said, Michael Cole had that line. They let us down, and a lot of people were like, "No, they didn't." Like you know, and that was, that's what sucks too. I. I get it. WWE is petty. <laughs> you know, that's just, that's Vince McMahon. But, you know, to throw that line in there, I mean, they are totally controlling this narrative. You know, part of yeah. the stupid phrase from the other company, or well, whatever they are, other wrestling <laughs> ideology. Man, if, I mean, Sasha might show up there, Greg. She might be, uh, she might be hanging out with Braun and EC3 and Karen <laughs> Cross. Yeah. Uh, Austin Aries, and they, they control your narrative stuff, but uh, yeah, it, we're inter- it's going to be an interesting you feel like there's going to be some silent period here for the next couple weeks until, like we said, somebody steps forward, but I feel like like you said, it's going to be on WWE's side to like, at least offer the re-up, I mean that that's all they could do, you know what I mean? Like You feel like yeah. they at least had to offer it and then if they accept it, they accept it. If not, you know, we'll probably hear it. <laughs> I mean, we'll we'll definitely hear something. So uh, it's gonna be interesting, kind of couple months, especially if say they well if they have ninety days, they won't be available for all out. But well, actually, if their contract expired, yeah, they'd be available for all out, which could really be huge. But you know, if they freeze their contracts, and who knows when, you know, they'd be available. So. Right. Yeah. It, it just kind of sucks because, like, you, I understand it, but I also feel like it, it just, I wish it wouldn't have got out like it did. But I understand why WWE got it out because essentially they got out of the story <laughs> before the story hit. You know what I mean? Like, they, they're controlling what they want to say on their end. And until we hear Sasha and Naomi's side, we don't know it, you know, we don't have any other information. I think there was some report about a friend of Naomi's had that big, there was some like uh, a screenshot of, you know, like notebook or notepad and stuff, but it's like, you know, that's just, that's a friend of a friend, like that's secondhand, so we don't know anything. We might yeah. not ever know, you know, so. Yeah, um, I discount whatever they were talking about on commentary because, you know, that's Vince, you know, in their ear, you know, call them unprofessional or, you know, the stuff that, because I know Corey called them unprofessional during the show a few times. So, you know, this Vince all pissed off and, you know, barking at him to to say it. The same thing with McAfee 
to kind of blow it off and uh, everything that Cole was forced to say. You could hear Vince telling them exactly what they were saying. So, um, well, if it is, is Vince, I, I still don't know if I believe it'd be Vince. I kind of feel like he knows Sasha Banks is worth. I mean, there's also Kevin Dunn back there. I mean, it, it could be Johnny A, you know, it could be Laurinaitis, but um, I feel like Vince is going to have to be the middleman here between the producers and Sasha Banks and him. I don't you right. know, maybe. Because I know in the story it brought up how they wanted to go straight to Vince, and I thought they got that chance, and they thought they had something planned out, but then the producers had something else. So I feel like Vince is going to be the middleman in this in a way, but, you know, who knows? Ultimately, he has the call. So. Um, speaking of Vince, Greg, how about this? Stephanie McMahon taking a leave of absence, um, kind of focusing on family. For one second, that made me worried about Triple H. Like, is he worse off than we know? But then I've heard he's back working more behind the scenes. So I wonder if it's just her, you know, her kids are getting older, Greg. I think she wants to be home with them, you know, maybe more enjoying time with them. But, you know, she's earned it. I mean, you know, she could she could retire tomorrow and, <laughs> and just, you know, sign somebody else up. So um, not much to make of it. I, you know, until I think she's gone for good. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, I thought it was interesting that the taking time to focus on my family, you know, that that, seemed, that kind of scared me for a second because I was like, oh, no, I hope, like, you know, Triple H is, from all accounts, he was doing better and all that. So, uh, I'm, like I said, I wonder if it's her daughter's getting older, being involved with more, maybe she wants to spend more time being involved with them, I mean, you know, life in WWE, Greg, is not made for parents. I mean, right. They, they just can't, you know, you hear from Rex Flair all the time. I think that's why he wanted to be on the road with Charlotte so much, almost to make up for that time. So, um, any thoughts on this, Greg, or, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, um, I don't know what, if it makes any, you know, difference to the what we see every week um because from what i've seen she does a lot with charity work or you know local things behind the scenes and maybe a presence you know to the other ladies in the locker room but she just seems like be like a a corporate uh working out a titan tower uh person and you know her work is outside the ring and it's just community work charity work and um being an executive so uh i don't think it's going to affect the product at all and her being gone is not going to register on our scale at all because i don't think it affects much but like i said i hope everything with uh triple h is is great and he's getting better but you know everybody deserves to take some time off you know even from the best job, she feels some burnout, so it makes sense. That's what you wonder too—the burnout factor. I mean, how many decades, you know, like you know, on TV. I mean, what she started when she was, you know, sixteen, seventeen, uh, appearing on screen or whatever, you know, younger days. So, uh, you know, I, I ultimately think it's got to be more, you know, just being. I mean, you know, maybe with who knows with Linda McMahon, maybe she, you know, 
I mean, the mom is, you know, needed more time. But, uh, yeah, like you said, I think with so much behind-the-scenes stuff she does, it won't be affected unless, you know, they can't find anybody to fill that void. And then that might, you know, suffer a little bit. But surely they got other people in place to kind of take care of that. Um, yeah, that was all the <laughs> – well, the Sasha Banks and Naomi news, Greg, obviously took up the majority of the uh, wrestling world. Is there anything else that might have caught your eye before we do a quick commercial break that we can bring up? Um, no, not much else I saw okay. that I can think yeah. of. Because I think, yeah, because I think everything was just overwhelmed with that information. So, uh, let's yeah. do a quick commercial break and we will talk about Raw and how things kind of changed up because of the Sasha Naomi stuff and uh, we'll get into some Raw talk. I wouldn't doubt it just because uh, Becky doesn't have anything to do. Plus with Oscar just coming back, it's, I don't want to kill her momentum this fast. Um, usually with a triumphant return like this, you, you build up a win streak, you get, get some momentum and remind people who you were uh, before you left. Um, I am, as much as I love seeing her back, I wanted a little bit more of a character change, um, a little bit more serious. And we may still get it. The whole thing going to the mist is a um, interesting twist because, you know, she's straight up baby face and using the mist is kind of a heel move. So that gives me a little bit of hope. Um, then or she's here used a lot. And I thought he was more baby face and heel at times. Yeah. So, um, interesting so, how they use it in that regard. Exactly. And I don't think um, it's too soon to give Oscar or have Oscar take a championship loss at this moment. So oh. having a triple threat where 
it's decided where she doesn't take the fall would be better booking. Because um, you still need contenders for Bianca. And the one one-on-one match that they had a couple weeks ago was really good until it got interfered with. So uh, we can still build on that. And, you know, a good three-way with these three ladies, you know, would be a good match for, for Hell in a Cell. So I think they should definitely do that. And you could still do Asuka, Bianca, one-on-one at uh, Money in the Bank in July. And then at the end of the month, you go back to Becky. Because I think we do have to ultimately tie up Becky and Bianca at SummerSlam. I think that only makes sense to kind of, you know, give that that bookend bow tie on it. So, um, yeah. Uh, they kind of look at the beginning of Raw, Greg. We have Bobby Lashley defeat almost with the old... <laughs> The cell explode, you know, cell fell apart. He just stepped outside. I don't, that's why escaping the cell kind of sucks. Especially for a, a face character, Greg. Especially a face character like Lashley. I mean, he doesn't need that type of win. So next week we'll get the all-body challenge. I'm going to assume it's maybe Lashley and almost, and if Lashley wins, he gets MVP or something like that, I would assume. Or maybe MVP is barred from ringside or, you know, something like that, Greg. I, I don't know how you can one-up, you know, a steel cage with Hell in a Cell moving. You know, I don't think they need to be at Hell in a Cell or in the Cell, obviously. So uh, do you have any thoughts on the win for Lashley and maybe what next week will hold for these two? Yeah, I agree with you because we talked about this before. If we were GM, what kind of changes would we make? Would we make? And that's it. It's off of my list because I love cage matches, but I hate the way WWE does cage matches with escaping the cage being an option. You know, cage match is supposed to be to settle the beef. You know, two men enter, one man leaves. Winner of the uh, rivalry and, you know, the best man going forward. That's how it's supposed to be. That's how it was back in the day. And now half of the cage match is spent trying to get out the door, climb over the top, just something stupid. And now we've added, you know, showing your brute force and throwing the guy literally through the cage. Uh, It's just unrealistic. And, you know, it takes you away from, you know, something you should be engrossed in. So uh, I don't love it. I think it sucks. And I hope eventually somebody will take that, escape the cage uh, caveat out of cage match rules. But that being said, as far as what can uh, lastly do now, because it sounds like he wants to challenge almost an MVP, so get them both in the the ring together. So sounds like a a handicap match. Um, So it's just a matter of figuring out what's his equalizer, because you know, maybe it'd be a table match or a um, chairs match or something where he doesn't have to worry about pinning one while the other's looming around. So I can see something like that going down. Yeah, especially if he can pin MVP, if you still want almost to be, you know, set, protected, uh, you still right. have the option. Fear um, Mahan defeated Mustafa Ali. The Miz was involved. We also had the Mysterios back. I believe Austin Theory was kind of involved. So 
Maybe we'll see some six-man action between these two uh, makeshift teams. <laughs> Any thoughts on Bir Mahal defeating Mustafa Ali? Mustafa Ali, right? <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. And then Riddle defeated Jimmy Uso, but Greg Friday night would pretty much prove that didn't matter. So we'll just move on from that until we get to our SmackDown talk. We can talk about that. <laughs> uh, AJ Styles and Finn Bauer together with Liv Morgan um, defeated Los Lotharios. I kind of want to do the six-man at Hell in the Cell now. I, you know, I think if you have all these people kind of involved with each other with Judgment Day, I'm calling them Judgment Day because it sounds better without the, but whatever, the Judgment Day, great. Um, I, want, <laughs> I want Team Too Sweet to kind of go against Team Judgment Day. What are we, th- what are we thinking there? Or, or do we keep the women with the women? Or... Or what are we thinking now for Hell in a Cell? No, do the six man because it makes more sense. Um, you know, we already seen um, Rhea smash Nikki, or not Nikki, but uh, smash Liv in a one on one match. So we don't need to see that again. Uh, put them all in there. Um, and I like the, you know, adding Liv to the mix just to offset Rhea, even though we haven't seen that she's better. Um, having her included in the rivalry only makes sense. And with these six, we could end up having a really great match. So, um, And it's not a foregone clu- conclusion that, you know, Judgment Day is going to win. So that's the whole you know, point of doing these. Have you Unless somebody turns, right. Have you seen Hedges' social media, Greg? He is tweeting out random pictures of people uh, lately, and Liv has been Liv has been tweeted out, and Finn Balor. So uh, also Champa, uh, Page. <laughs> We've had a few interesting <laughs> names from. Uh, you know, I still like the idea of Champa involved with there. Um, I just think Champa doesn't need to be involved with, you know, Mustafa Ali right now. I think it makes more sense to kind of give him. Uh, the you know the work with, but the idea that Finn could turn, you know that might give you the demon back too. So, you know we could see we could see somebody turn there at Helmet Cell. Um, but yeah, uh, what else? Alexa Bliss defeated Sonya Deville. I don't know, Greg. It seems like so. I don't know what they're doing with Sonya Deville now. You know they, I guess just let her get her ass kicked. <laughs> All the way out. I don't. That's the thing. It just feels like it's a. It feels like it's a uh, a walking paper suit for her. Yeah. Um, it's weird. And speaking of not knowing what's going on, uh, Alexa, Alexa Bliss. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it, she's she's like you know old Alexa now, and but she's still carrying the the doll around. Um, you gotta sell that lily. They probably have thousands just sitting in storage. <laughs> right. That's the only thing I can think of. So it's really curious what's going on with 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 that. It's yeah. I like it that they're going away from supernatural Alexa and just go back to you know five feet of fury Alexa. You know it's much better that way. Um, just get rid of the doll already and. You know, go with the you know it was all a dream kind of thing, <laughs> and 
just write it off. But yeah, it does look like Sonya is kind of on her way out now. She's got to get the job squat before she walks out the door. So, and I, I, I think if she were to leave, I don't know if AW would be a good fit. I, I'm, I would assume Impact Wrestling or or just you know do some. Well, she does take a lot of picture for herself, Greg. So uh, maybe that could be some, you know a modeling career. Uh, maybe work with uh, LG. Um, LGBTQ, you know, that type of stuff. Like, do some of that. Uh, I'm sure she's got options outside the ring, but I just don't know if she has much more time that she really wants to do inside the ring. Because, like I said, hey. it, just feels like, it feels like it's kind of the end of the road in that regard. That's true. I mean, maybe she looks at what Lana just did and says, hey, that, that could be working for me. So, yeah, I don't know if you yeah, saw that. Lana had... 20,000 bucks on her first day of starting her brand army. That is that's right. a chunk of change just for, you know, scantily clad, like not even nude, like, you know, just risque photos. But uh, hey, good for her. I mean, that right. American dream. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. And as I could do it, I would. Uh, yeah, I don't think anybody wants to see this either, Greg. I'd have to no, cover right. a few of my, my <laughs> so, uh, Ezekiel defeated Chad Gable. We're still running with you know all this business. Um, I can't remember. Did Ezekiel have anybody come to his aid? I don't think he did. No, but I was very uh, amused by the fact that they showed a picture of Elias and Ezekiel together. So <laughs> they're they're furthering the seeds of doubt in in this whole storyline. So. Well, we need somebody. I don't know who can even up the odds. It seems like everybody else is kind of involved with stuff, Greg. So, you know, yeah. you know I was expecting while he was taking that beat down that Elias would walk out from backstage yeah. and, you know, I just mean, kind of. This is what we need Standout back, right? Because I feel like Standout right. could really be. You could probably get him looking pretty close to Elias. You know, if you really grew up the hair. Gave him, you know, you could you could probably make a pretty good ringer for him. So maybe they're uh, maybe they're talking to Sam now and seeing if he wants to do a stunt double two. <laughs> I mean, hey, why not? Look what it did for him in the Miz. I mean, it almost saved his WWE career for a little bit because uh, yeah. if he doesn't do that, I don't think he would still be around and win money in the bank and lose money in the bank. <laughs> so so there you go. Uh, yeah. Anything else on Raw that you want me to catch up on, Greg, or you want to catch up on? Uh, no, I think we got it. So I love it that uh, keeping my girl up front. You know, yeah, like after said, three weeks in the main week, event. Third straight week she's been the main event. That's, you know, that's pretty darn good. Uh, some things for NXT we're headed to in your house. So this will be the night before Hell in a Cell. I kind of like when they do it. You know that way. I don't know why they don't work on that more, Greg. You know, making those like back to back. But uh, in your house, you know, shaping up to be kind of fun. Uh, you know, we got Carmelo Hayes and Cameron Grimes going at it. So we saw Cameron Grimes and Solo pick up the win. Uh, any thoughts on that match or anything heading into their match at in your house, Greg? No, it should be good. I'm looking forward to it. Um, Anything Carmelo does has been, has been money. So um, 
I can't wait to see what he does on the main roster, but everything he does, he's killing it. So um, he and, and Grimes like we, should be able to have a five-star match, I'm sure. And like we said, what, I, I won't be surprised if they pull a title change. You know, maybe maybe give it back to Carmelo for a little bit. Maybe Solo gets it. You know, I usually hate hot potato, hot potato with titles, Greg, but at this point, it kind of makes sense that like Carmelo and Solo right there for the you know the North American title, so I don't I don't know if I would you know if it was like five to six month here five to six month there I don't think I would be too against that. But um, right. Ash Legend picked up a win. Who are we thinking? Because Roxanne Perez picked up a win. Who are we thinking for this women's breakout tournament? Who who do you got, Greg, coming out on top? I was trying to see if I could find the bracket. Uh, all together, so we kind of look at that. But who do you got coming out on that for NXT at the end of things? Well, I think it's Nikita Elias' tournament to lose. So, it, even though she broke out long before this tournament started, um, I think it's all about her. And, you know, whoever, if anybody beats her, they're going to be um, the one getting the, the rocket ship. But I don't think, think any, I can't see anybody. But, right. Um, I can't see anybody except for Nikita winning this tournament. Yeah, that, and I, yeah, I understand. That makes a lot of sense. I guess she had a name for her move, Greg, and it was unfortunately shot down for being a little too risque, so she's still trying to come up with a new name. Um, I'm guessing the original name right with Slam, slam, Greg. So maybe that's what they <laughs> thought. Um, that other name might not be something they want to throw out there. Just say so. Right. Uh, I think that was on the out of character episode of Brian uh, Satan uh, this past week, and he's got Braun Breaker. Speaking of which, uh, now we got the the raise the stakes. Greg is if Braun Breaker just gets disqualified, he has to lose his title. Is there any way that that does happen and maybe Joe Gacy gets it for a week or something, Greg? Or uh, is this all Braun Breaker still winning? Yeah, I, I don't see Braun Breaker losing. It's uh interesting wrinkle they've thrown into it to warrant there being another match. Um, I like what they're doing with Joe Gacy, aside from making him look kind of fiendish with the... Uh, you know, 200 screens of his face and the laugh and, you know, that yeah, kind of thing. The, the followers. Yeah. Well, not fiendish, but more Bray yeah. Wyatt-ish. Colty yeah. Bray like Wyatt. Early Bray Wyatt, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, you can you can tread in that water a bit, but don't go too far with it. And they're, they're really starting to push it. Um, that being said, I like how Gacy has evolved from where he started to where he is now. Uh, it's good character development. And, you know, he's more believable, more creepy, more extra every week. So um, I kind of like that from a character standpoint. But um, I, I don't see it happening here, but I can see it happening, you know, down the road. And we just have you know, the what-if scenario play out and he gets the title for a short run 
and we get to see how, you know, I won't say being as devilish he is, you know, when he actually has the title. So it could still be a, a cool story. When do you think we reveal the two followers? Do you think we can save that? I mean, obviously, I would think in your house or at, right afterwards. But you almost wonder if it might happen in your house, like after the match. Yeah. Uh, it would be a case for him winning. I mean, they get involved and he loses the match and then we get the unmasking of the disciples. As they take, um, take out Braun, maybe they to lead to a third match down the right. road. Uh, I don't know who it's going to be. I have no clue. Like, that's kind of cool, right? <laughs> like, I have yeah. no names that it could be. I don't... I, I really... I'm, you know, I don't see any um, rumblings, you know, on the on the dirt sheets either, Greg, like saying, oh, so-and-so is under the hoods. So I, right. this is definitely being kept secret, which will probably, it was probably interesting because like, I don't know what big names it could be, but, you know, it's probably going to be some, you know, up and coming names that we haven't heard of, but yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm digging those red velour robes. There's, those are pretty cool. So. There you go. Yeah. Sound on WB shop. No. <laughs> there you <laughs> go. Uh, Viking Raiders defeated Creed Brothers to kind of get their, you know, avenge their loss. Um, I'm I, I'm happy with the Viking Raiders down there. I think that's where they belong. You know, I don't think they need to be up on the main roster anymore. Uh, um, it, it is the right place for them, but I hate the gimmick now. It's it's so old and tired. You know, it's. They're kind of character caricatures of themselves from when they first debuted in NXT, yeah. and they were like the next big thing, and they were awesome. Everybody's behind it, and now there's kind of, you know, a joke. That the match they had was really good. So yeah. one the one takeaway from the match, but um, I don't dig the Viking gimmick anymore. It just looks horrible. You know, when you look at the plastic headgear, and you know the dumb raid dance it is just rings hollow i mean i wish they would you know they're down at xd now you can juice up you can fix up the gimmick a little bit make it better so um that's just me being picky but um if they can let them go and have more you know great matches because that's one thing they didn't do on, on the main roster um I'm all for it. That match with the Creed Brothers was uh, a real heavy hitter, you know, kind of match. So I'd love to see more of that out of them. Uh, Wesley and Nathan Frazier ended no contest because Vaughn Wagner came out there and ruined things. Uh, cool for Wesley to kind of get this time to shine, I think, Greg. But I, you know what I've said about Vaughn Wagner? He needs to be Vaughn gone. In my mind, because I just see nothing there. I really don't. No, I don't either. But I'm going to assume we get him and Wesley uh, down the road, or maybe at takeover or at in your house. But uh, Grayson Waller picked up a win over Andre Chase, Roxanne Perez. And then how about Santos Escobar with the breast nuts defeating Tony D'Angelo? I still don't know who we're supposed to root for here. <laughs> Greg, do we know? Does it, I guess it doesn't. It, it does matter, though. We need to root for somebody, right? 
Right. Um, and I don't know who. <laughs> that's the thing. You know, both both of these groups are super over, and super heelish. In super heels, yeah, and the the angels really done a better job in my in my opinion because he's gotten the the don gimmick way over yeah and everybody's eating it up and he's been there a lot less uh time than the legato has so i've been impressed with what he's done you know the two that he brought in with him what do you call them two stacks and dimes or whatever their names are (laughs) yeah so you know they've played it up great and it looks like an episode of sopranos when he's on there um i'm sure that's what they were going for but but yeah it's, you need to change the size make one baby face or get one get rid of one a lo- good lo- loser leaves town would be great i would love to see something like that six man loser leaves town and you know the loser goes up to main roster but because you know two families is you know too much well it's funny because legato was getting over a space there for you know what about three or four you know two three month period then all of a sudden they're like oh no we got to make them heels again and they kind of went back to the huish side uh with that uh when they beat brooks and jensen remember they are they beat brooks and uh Paxley? Was it the girl? Whoever that won't yeah. forget the girl with them, but because uh, they took out, you know, Jensen. But yeah, I just, I just, it's, I would, yeah, like you said, I think in your house, I mean, do you, you know, maybe, or maybe SummerSlam time, do you shoot for a loser leaves town a match? Then you call up. I, well, I think you've got to call Legato because you have yeah. Electra there for women. You have a tag team, and you have Santos. Like, I don't like. I said I'm surprised they're not up now, because that gives you four, you know, legit people to call up. So, uh, right, and you have that story we've been hitting at with uh, Legato taking Dominic away from Ray. Yeah, yeah. Just waiting to be done. So, yeah, I mean, it's right there. Especially, I've heard you know they're probably they're possibly headed towards Dominic and Ray Mysterio breaking up soon. So. Uh, next up, SmackDown. Pretty much this is all about, so I, I gotta say, Greg, they finally pulled the trigger on it. I told them you gotta poop or get off the toilet, and they gave us <laughs> a big old poop, a big old pile of dung, as in Jurassic Park style with Jeff Goldblum looking at it, Greg. Um, but it was a fantastic match. The Usos are now our official unified. We'll see if they actually do, you know, give us one set of titles, which they probably won't get, but whatever. But they are the undisputed champions. I thought the best part of this, Greg, was Roman finally helping them. Because like we've said all along, and other people have said on Twitter, Roman's got them all the help. You know, he hasn't helped them out once. Or maybe, you know, went here and there, if that. But he finally legit was out there on their side, you know, pulling down Riddle for the win, and uh, then how about some of the, the crowd shots, Greg? The one kid, like, legit crying. The other one with the mom, like, covering her, her kid's ears and, like, you know, trying to protect <laughs> it from here. I mean, that's 
about as close to heel, you know, legit heel heat we've seen in a while. So, you know, just taking out Riddle, I think he's listed as out for, you know, the time being. I would assume we're probably going to get Roman and Randy at some point. I think the crowd wants to go that route, so why not do that as some filler until, like I said, um, the, the Cardiff, the Castle, Clash at the Castle show, where I think that needs to be all Drew McIntyre's night. I will keep <laughs> heaven and hauling on that, Greg, but, uh, you know, I think Randy Orton in the meantime is good. Writes off Riddle for a little bit of time to see if, you know, what do you want to do to maybe reinvent or, you know, kind of add a layer to his character. But the Usos are officially all draped in gold. And now Roman's draped in gold. We are in for some weeks, Greg, of uh, just, you know, uh, I don't even know how to, like, just uh, pat on the back as much as we can. You know, it's just going to be ridiculously over-the-top, <laughs> ego-filled, Greg. And I'm here for it. I got to say, I'm here for it. Give me all the bloodline all the time. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'm bummed by how, but well, not of the of the outcome because we all knew what the outcome was going to be. But I was disappointed that we didn't get that match, that great match that we should have had with with this match going down. Um, it was over way too soon, and the, for a match of this magnitude, I was hoping you know the last half hour would be put aside. For, for these two, um, for this match, uh, for as much as they build it up and much as, um, you know, they put it over, that it was over way too soon. Um, you can attribute Roman getting involved, you know, into the equation, and I'm sure that's probably why they did it, but I would have rather have that happen at the end of a knockdown, drag out, 20-minute, uh, brawl, you know, you know, banger instead of, you know, 10 minutes after it started and, you know, here he comes and Tripp and Riddle and um, we really didn't get, you know, that match that we deserve out of this unification bout. So um, that was the only point that thing that disappointed me. We, you know, we knew it that the Dusos were going to win, but um, I wanted to a great match to sink my teeth into before we get that outcome. Um, that being said, you know, the uh, golden prophecy has been fulfilled. You know, shout out to the Undisputed Era that uh, now the Usos are, or the bloodline is draped in gold. They got all the gold. And there's going to be a whole lot of smack talking, a whole lot of being just really over the top with all of them. And um, I like what Randy was saying the week before, you know, we're going to take both sets of titles, make a uh, comprehensive universal type set of titles and, you know, be the champs. I hope this is what they do instead of having six belts parade around the ring. um, It just looks, you know, it doesn't look good. So, you know, create another well, set of belts and have those be the undisputed. You could have had Sasha and Naomi, you would have had eight titles just parade around, right? Exactly. Yeah. You may <laughs> as well have just done that. 
And Dana, um, just give all the all the titles. <laughs> just everybody added to the bloodline. But uh, yeah, they're going to be on another level now. It's going to be interesting to see. Uh, do you think Randy is Randy and Roman for a little bit, like this summer months, Greg? Um. Well, I just I miss what happened at the end. Well, I saw the uh, Roman choking out Riddle and Randy Orton. Yeah. Uh, but then I heard something about Riddle getting injured. Yeah. Or they kept showing they, him like they went through the announce table. I mean, he he got the gamut of the he got the majority of the the violence that they put on. So. Okay, so now he's out for X amount of time. Right? Yeah. Okay. Um, Randy Randy and Roman would be awesome. Um, because when you look at, you know, who can beat this guy, there's not a long list. So, um, Randy's definitely a guy that put in there, you know, win it for riddle kind of thing. And, you know, you can carry this into SummerSlam if you want it to, cause he's going to need a new challenger. Um, unless you do drew at the uh, castle, then, you know, who else are you going to pull from? And, um, Randy could be a great guy. I think Riddle is definitely going to be on the uh, table because he's going to want the uh, give him a receipt for that knee to the face. If this uh, last attack at the end of this show wasn't enough, yeah. um, I can see Riddle calling him out, and we can have a really great series of matches with uh, Reigns and Riddle. So I think Riddle's at that point now where. He's ready to be made a better by himself. Yeah. Um, that's how much uh, RK Bro has done for him. Uh, really got him in the top. You know, having you know bangers with everybody, all the top stars, and that uh, knee to the face. That was kind of we didn't see that coming. And so, yeah, give us more of that. You know, he's not all, you know, dude slacker. You know, twenty four seven. You know, he can. You know, go and pop you in the mouth when you're not expecting it, and you know, surprise you. So I love that. You know, so that's another you know layer to the onion that we can give him. And you know, we saw how he can go in the ring, and I think that could be a match that steals the summer if they do it. I mean, I or, you know, it's interesting. Nakamura was there that one week, but. And revisited that, so I guess maybe on a SmackDown you could randomly throw that out there, just to give Roman, you know, a, a fighter. <laughs> In the meantime, so I'm gonna assume Randy Orton and Roman Reigns at Money in the Bank makes a lot of sense. In Vegas, you know, where you wanna, you know, give you a really solid main event. Well, unless you end the night with the the Money in the Bank ladder matches, which probably makes more sense. But anyway, uh, yeah, that could be because we did see. Nakamura pick up a win. We saw Madcap, or sorry, Happy Corbin destroy Madcap Moss's trophy, Greg, which is what it is. I wonder if maybe write Madcap off for a little bit. We'll give them some extra time to add his repertoire, get rid of the ugly ass outfit that he wears, please. <laughs> give him some good tights or, you know, trunks. Give him something, Greg. We don't we don't need everybody in suspenders. Uh, just ask, you know, uh, Fight Club over there. Fight Night, sorry. You know, about suspenders. But um, any thoughts on 
Patrick Corbin and Madcap Moss still going at it, I guess, Greg. Yeah, I agree with you that this is a good time to, you know, take him off TV for a little bit. Let let Corbin, you know, crow and talk smack his, and build up the suspense for when um, Happy comes, or not Happy, when Madcap comes back and then just unveil him in a whole new package. Uh, more serious, more uh, fire, change the music, change the gear for sure. Um and then you cut got the hair. Do we cut the hair of Madcap? Um, you can definitely trim it up a little bit. Yeah. Um, I was thinking how he was back in NXT. Um, I think it was a little bit, a bit shorter, but it looked really good on him. Um, you know, revert a little bit, a little bit back to that. Yeah. Um. But yeah, switch them up a little bit, give them a fresh coat of paint, take the suspenders off, please. And, you know, a more fearsome appearance would definitely help. Uh, we also had Gunther defeat Drew Gulak. Ricochet came out there to defend, um, Gun- or defend Gulak. So Gunther and Ricochet feud, Greg. Where are we at with that? Are, are we okay if Ricochet beats Gunther already? Yeah, you know how much I love both of these guys, and I've been hashtagging dresses for Ricochet for a long time. Um, so I am totally fine with him finding a way to beat Gunther. Um, and I don't want to see Gunther lose any matches because um, I've loved Walter for as long as I've been watching him, and the guy is a killer. Um, I'm just hoping that they do him justice. And he's not a departure from what he did in WWE UK or NXT UK. And he's that same guy, same match qualities. And he's as hard to beat as he was uh, in UK. That being said, he and Ricochet could have a killer match. Um, if you go back to those matches that he had with Dragunov, he's great with working with smaller guys. And making their moves look super crisp and super powerful. Um, Ricochet could be an even more um, updated version of Dragonoff, even though Dragonoff is a little bit more ferocious than Ricochet. Um, but that being said, Walter, this isn't new territory for Guther, and these two could have him. Matches that just steal the show every night if you let them. So uh, let them work it out. Let them, you know, put it together the way they can, and you know, let let the seri- let the rivalry go. This is where fifty fifty booking would work, um, because you'd expect Gunther to win, but Ricochet being able to get wins would, you know, add to his credibility. It would add to Gunther's. And it would propel them up the card, especially if they have the type of great matches that we know they can have. So it's just about WWE letting them, you know, shine, you know, the way they can. And um, they've given plenty of spotlight lately to both of these guys. So uh, they need to keep it up. And like I said, this is a time when, you know, letting them both get wins over each other and making this a real rivalry 
would pay off down the road. Yes, yeah. I feel like it would give some, it would add a nice notch in Ricochet's belt finally as champion. Because we've been yeah. waiting for that really solid feud and kind of win for him. So, uh, Raquel Rodriguez beat Shotzi. What are we doing with Shotzi, Bray? Because, yeah. I think her and Sonya <laughs> might be hanging out pretty soon in the uh, the, uh, the, the the release line. Yeah, there's got to be women on the job squad too. So um, they really didn't have anything for Shotzi to do once she came up and she lost her tag team partner right off the box uh, with Tegan. Lost everything. <laughs> exactly. And so she's been you know, either off TV or doing very little. And you can tell they really don't have anything for her. So I wouldn't be surprised to see her on the release list very soon. You know, the the tank was fun in NXT, but, you know, it went over like a lead balloon on the main roster. So they she doesn't even have the tank now. So, um, you know, it is nothing what it is. pretty much about her that was big in NXT. That's pretty much it. You know, yeah. like they took everything from her. And I mean, independent wise, Greg, she'll do fine. You know, she could go back to GCW or wherever and kill it and probably make, you know, a comfortable living. So, oh, yeah. She might actually be, she might actually be okay with, you know, getting released soon. So, yeah. And then finally, Xavier Woods defeated Butch. But we kept talking about it, Greg. And even up, oh, Big Ben has entered the chat. Thank you, Big Ben, for joining us. Glad to have you. Uh, glad to see you. It's all good. Yep, 6 p.m. Don't forget, 6 p.m. every Sunday night. And uh, next week will be interesting because we'll have double or nothing predictions for you. Because uh, I'll be right before double or nothing. So we'll knock that out of the park for us. Um, but, right. Greg, um, it's Tyler Breeze. I'm calling it right now. He's back. He's going to be back with. Uh, Xavier Woods because he is back on Up Up Down Down soon and I can't imagine them putting Tyler Breeze on Up Up Down Greg if he was headed anywhere but WWE. So hmm. are we okay with Tyler Breeze coming back to the fold? Uh, I guess. Or is it Cesaro? Yeah, Cesaro would make more sense. Um, going against the, uh, the fight club, the fight night. Um, guys, having Woods and Kofi and Breeze, it still looked like a huge mismatch. Um, Cesaro, on the other hand, now we got something. Um, so I'd much rather see Cesaro in the mix as the third member of the honorary member of New Day uh, for this match. Uh, as opposed to Breeze, but like you said, maybe that's it. The writing's on the wall with uh, Breeze reappearing on uh, Up, Up, Down, Down. But um, not saying that Breeze couldn't have a, you know, a, a great hand in to play in it. You know, he is a great talent, and when he's not doing stupid comedy all the time, he really can um, show out in the ring, so... Of course, uh, they would next. probably just announce Tyro Breeze if he was going to be the one. So actually, I, I think it is going to be Cesaro. 
I kind of see Cesaro back in the fold. Yeah, I, I like that, but what are they going to do with him now that was different from what he did before? Well, yeah, that's what um, they won't. <laughs> but if he's fine with that, I mean, is it, you know, I don't know. I think if he's true. fine with it, then more power to him. Yeah, my money's on Cesario. I think that's yeah. who the honorary yeah. member is going to be. So Yeah, because like I said, I think with the fact that you announced, you know, Tyro Breeze coming back up, up, down, down, then Xavier Woods could have just said, we're bringing Tyro Breeze back to our team next week. You know, I don't think you necessarily leave that up to surprise. So. Yeah. yeah, and Woods said this is somebody that they're very yeah. familiar with, yeah. too. So. so it has to be Cesario. Yeah. Uh, uh, so Big Ben had a had a good question. He said, "What do we think of the head of the table when everything like we said it it had to happen? The, fulfill the prophecy, uh, given the win." Oh, this is interesting. The end of the match was drawn out. There's no important help, and at the end, how come Drew does not come? Yeah, I think they're just saving Drew for a couple months, and you know, got, well, not a couple months. I think they were letting then the Bloodline have all the power at the end of the show. I still think we get Drew, you know, back in the summer, going right after Roman and head into, like we said, the Clash of the Castle, because that just makes the most sense. Might be Biggie. I'm here. Biggie has had a slight delay in the recovery process, Big Ben. So I want to give Biggie all the time he needs. Yeah. And if he's nowhere near. You know, not even 50% ready, then, yeah, because the neck is nothing to mess with. So, from what I'm hearing, if what, well, from what he said, firstly, there was a small kind of, re, you know, almost a relapse or, you know, just the recovery is not going as smooth as he would like. So, I think Big E is a, a ways away, unfortunately. It would be awesome to see him back. But, uh, like we brought up, I, I think it's got to be Cesaro. Uh, the fact that, like Greg brought up, somebody they're familiar with in Fight Night, it has to be Cesaro. There's just nobody else really out there right now. So, so yeah, that's it for SmackDown Talk. Oh, duh, whoa, I, whoa, I remember. Whoa. I remember. <laughs> I, remember I was going to bring this up. Unfortunately, WWE results page does not sometimes bring this. We have the debut of F. Of Max Dupree. <laughs> Did I say it right? Yeah. I'll work on it. Close, close enough. Close but enough. But he is, uh, he's bringing his, what did he call it? Male modeling, or men's male model, something like that, agency. So, there you go. But Finally. Uh, and what's funny is he has a contract. Because of Sonya, I loved his facial, like, he was just playing up the facial expressions in that whole segment. And nothing beats how close he was getting into Adam Pierce's face, Greg. Like, that was just, <laughs> uh, so yeah, we'll possibly see um, uh, Brennan Williams, formerly Mace, who I think they're trying to call Face. And we'll probably see, um, who was the other, uh, Mansoor, possibly coming as yeah. one of the two names that were mentioned. So, but, Greg, I know you're excited. I, I still think we'll see 
LA Knight wrestle eventually, but I think they want to have him get over, you know, a couple guys first and then wrestle when he needs, you know, on his own down the road. Are you okay with that? Would you, you I'm sure you'd rather see him wrestle, but I, I think they see more power in him helping other guys getting them over. Hey, anything that gets his face on TV, yes, yes, yes. What about yes. the name? So, hey, well, you knew that LA Knight wasn't going to go up to the to the main roster, so yeah, this this is just fine. Actually, I like this name better than LA Knight because LA Knight just doesn't sound right. A couple um, of people brought that up too. I was kind of surprised, Greg. They were like, I mean, his name was LA Knight in the first place. Like, what? You know. Right. Um, this is much better. Much, much better. You know, Max Dupree. And, Dupree. You know, you got you gotta you gotta put the accent on the I, end. I can't roll my R either. You gotta <laughs> roll the R. And I need to I need was, to work on that end. It was great, and this is this is what we need right here. Somebody else who's just natural on the mic, you know, doing those segments and and you're gonna take somebody like Mace or Mansoor, who's not good on the stick, and he's going to get them over, which in the process is going to get him even more over. And this is what we've been waiting for. Well, this is what I've been waiting for. I don't know about you, but you're going to see it's going to be gold every time he's on the screen. And it's going to be awesome. You just trust me on that. If you want to watch some old Eli Drake video, Check it out. It's always good. But um, we finally got it. I remember um, I was a huge Enzo and Cass fan, and when they finally debuted on Raw, I put out a tweet that said, Enzo and Cass are finally on Raw. I can die happy now. I take that back. Now that LA Knight, Max Dupree, Eli Drake is on Raw or on WWE television on the main roster, now I can die happy. That's my guy. He is going to kill it. You just watch. And I, I saved that for last because I knew it was that big, obviously. Bigger than the bloodline win and everything. So anyways. Finally. Uh, let's, let's get to a quick commercial break. And we got to talk about double or nothing, Greg. After like weeks of, what, two matches, we suddenly have a full card. <laughs> like, I'm just like, I turn around, I'm like, oh, wow, they're actually giving us the matches. So we're going to talk that up. In our AW, and then uh, yeah, next week we'll give double or nothing predictions because there are definitely some coin toss matches that you could pick next week. Matches 
We have a Joker, Greg, and it's Johnny Girl Elite. <laughs> yeah, um, not but surprised. The Mojo one. I mean, uh, of course. The Mojo one. Not surprised. He he looked good. Um, he hasn't had a better match than I've seen him have in a long time. Uh, probably not since last WrestleMania with the Bad Bunny match. Um, yeah. But it was really good, really solid. He's going to be fun on the roster. I don't see him doing in, doing that much. Um, they're going to have to find somewhere to put him. What's that? We wanted another Johnny. <laughs> right. I was expecting Johnny Gargano to come out. So, um it said Johnny Elite. I thought Johnny Gargano was going to come out. And that, it wasn't until he made a few steps out onto the ramp that I saw that wasn't him. So, um, you know, a little disappointed, but, you know, it was fine. Good match. And, you know, we keep Joe moving. So that's the whole point. But he still looked good. Yeah. It was a good match. Who are we, who are we thinking in the finals for uh, this? Owen Hart, sorry. Had a brain freeze. Owen Hart thing. Because obviously we had Adam Cole moving on. Yeah. I'm guessing Adam Cole's Samoa Joe. You'd think, but it could be a more interesting story if it ends up being Kyle O'Reilly versus Adam Cole. Because mm-hmm. they're on the opposite sides of the bracket. And then and we've how does seen that... them go at each other? Well, not in AEW. That was uh, Adam Cole's blow-off match in yeah. NXT. Uh-huh. So uh, there's some history there. But if I if I had to go and take money and put it down on the finals, I would do Adam Cole and Samoa Joe. So, but I can definitely see Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole going against each other too. So that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, just storyline wise and double or nothing. Right. Uh, Hangman Page picks up a win. I don't know if we've talked about this yet, Craig, but who in the hell are we supposed to root for in a Hangman Page and CM Punk? <laughs> uh, and has yeah, this looked for you at all? Because on my end, something's missing. I, I just don't know what it is. They're just It just doesn't feel like it's flowing well. That's because it's not. It's yeah. a little bit forced. Um, we get it. You know, Punk's the number one contender. He hasn't lost a match, really. Well, we lost one match to MJF. But um, it, it, there's no juice just because there's no real heat between the two. And they've come out and had matches and finished their opponents with, each, with the other's uh, signature moves and everything. Uh, Cowboys delivered a couple heelish promos on Punk, which I was a little That's surprised about. Yeah. You have CM Punk almost cutting heelish promos on Hangman. Exactly. So it, now we have a, Sorry, we have a face-to-face coming this week. So maybe just them at the same time might finally give us that Okay, I want to see them go at it. Right. And I'm hoping they, that's the case because, you know, WWE or 
sorry, AEW has been really good at at doing that, giving us those promos that, you know, get your mouth watering to to see them go at it. And this could be the one. This has to be the one because otherwise it's been really bad timing. Um, I know my prediction on our last uh, show of the year was that the champ at the end of the year was either going to be a heel or CM Punk as a heel. And so uh, I don't see Punk quite as the heel here yet. I'm not saying he can't become it. It does feel like Paige has been more of the heel. It does. It does. And but it's it is that case of who are you going to root for? You know, we expect a fantastic match, of course, but it's going to be one of those I think it's divided fifty-fifty crowds. Yeah, I think whoever's kind of in the who's ever you know getting the majority picks up the crowd, and then the other guy coming back gets the crowd. I, I think they're just going to let it be, but I don't know. This feels like one of those that we need the, and I'll bring this up with later on, Greg, with Rampage about Scorpio Sky and Sammy Guevara. It's almost the same thing where I don't know who we're supposed to be rooting for. Like, yeah. I love Hangman Page. I love CM Punk. So that's why I think it's so tough. Like, it, I don't know. It, is it too soon for Punk to be here? I mean, I guess it's been over a year. Well, it'll be a year, what, in August that Punk has been on the main roster? I mean, on yeah. the roster, so it's probably not too soon, but there's, there's something, like you said, this face-to-face has to sell us on the feud. I feel like that match is going to suffer from it, too. Because will they yeah. try to do too much to make up for it, and it might, it might just over, it might not deliver enough. Yeah. Uh, so, go ahead. And when you get the fact that I believe this is in is it in Chicago or is it in Vegas? Vegas. Uh, Vegas. Yeah. Vegas. Okay. Chicago up all out. Okay. So yeah. So they're still open ended as far as who wins. I forgot if it was in Chicago or not. Then you know you just have to say Punk is going to you know take it all the all the way, but. Um, yeah, but I'm like you. I like who in the world was supposed to be rooting for here? So, could you save it. a title win for Punk at all out? And that that could be capping off in Chicago. Like maybe maybe Hankman does win by heel, some heelish move, and then you you know maybe I've revisited it in all at all out, and then Punk gets the win there. Yeah, it could definitely happen. I mean, it would be good storytelling. Um, I'd be here for it. Because I just don't know. Uh, yeah. I, it, especially if Hangman realigns with the Young Bucks. Because like we said, that one pay-per-view, he had the tassels on that kind of reminds you of the Young Bucks. So you kind of wondered if, you know, that could get some juice back to Hangman as well. Because like we've said all along, has his championship run been as well done as it should have been? And that's still, <laughs> I think the jury's still out on that. So, uh, yeah, and there's still the whole fractioning of the elite that's yeah. bound to happen. Um, so with, maybe if Kenny's not ready, you could have Hangman in that role. Exactly. And then 
Kenny's going to be back in, I, I would say, a few months, let's say three months from now, and then the whole thing is going to explode. So Yeah, everybody. <laughs> exactly. It'll uh, be fun to watch. Yeah. So we also had Swerve Strickland and Keith Lee beat the Workhorsemen. Uh, we're going to get Swerve and Keith Lee against Jurassic Express, against uh, Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs for the titles. And I believe next Wednesday night we're getting Jungle Boy versus Swerve versus Ricky Starks as a prelude to that match. So I think that would be a fun, you know, singles match. I still don't like Swerve and Keith Lee as a tag team. Do you, Greg? Uh, I'm reserving judgment for it. I'm not in or out on it yet. I need to see more. Okay. Um, they do seem better as individuals than as a tag team, though. And, I mean, I guess it kind of shows all the other tag teams are involved with other things, Greg, that we have to kind of throw together this tag team match with, you know, tag team championship match with Ricky Starks and Powerhouse Hobbs and Keith Lee and Squirt. So, yeah. Uh, Wardlow took 10 lashings. <laughs> well, took nine in a low blow. I love the fact, Greg, that Wardlow was not selling the lashes at all. Like, you know, his back was a bright X <laughs> at the end of about three <laughs> or four of those. I mean, you know, four or five of them. So um, now this coming week, we'll get Wardlow and Sean Spears in the cage. I would assume, you know, War I think that's got a main event and kind of build that up because, I mean, we've got to get to Wardlow and MJF at double or nothing, obviously. So um, what do you think about the, the 10 lashings the diamond ring came into play, Greg, and uh, yeah, Wardlow just doing his normal. I mean, it's just amazing to see how over he's got in, you know, oh, yeah. a little bit of time. Yeah, it, it's been fantastic the way this whole thing has played out. And you can see how way over Wardlow is right now. And the whole thing with, you know, music for your entrance and, you know, just getting walked out by security and everybody chanting your name is organic Goldberg is what it reminds me of. Um, you know, everybody's chanting your name and they're the music instead of, you know, some, you know, battle hymn in the background. So it's great. It's organic. And, you know, he's the hero coming out. He's like, he reminds me of uh, Superman in Justice League. We lead him before the tribunal in handcuffs that they know he could break at any time he wants. Um, that's kind of how Wartlow looks right now. Uh, the 10 lashes, the, and the no selling, the 10 lash, well, it ends up being like 20 lashes because yeah, MJF goes, <laughs> yeah, he goes off on him and just and starts wailing on him. And it's like, that's way more than 10, sir. Um, but MJF is, is a master at this and it was great. And the, the no selling and the smirk on his face was fantastic and NJF played off it perfectly uh getting more and more incensed every time he he strapped him and so it had no effect on him he just look at him like is that the best you got and um so everything is rolling out perfectly 
Uh, MJF couldn't do it any better. Wardlow couldn't do it any better. And so, um, yeah, we're excited to see what's going to happen when they finally get their hands on each other, which is the whole point of this. So, yeah. uh, fantastic. There's nothing about this segment that I would change. Uh, Kyle O'Reilly picked up the win. And like you brought up earlier, Greg, I, I do think the idea of Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole in the finals is quite intriguing. But I still think I'd go Adam Cole and Samoa Joe. But I really want to get to this Chris Jericho, William Regal face-off because there was a lot of digs that Jericho threw out there, Greg. And uh, he officially has his wizard t-shirt, so that is a real thing. I hope nobody buys this shirt. Uh, <laughs> do not buy it and burn it, because that's still bought it. Legit, just do not buy it. But um, uh, So we're going to get a match, <laughs> I guess. That was the thing, too. Like, I, I want some sort of you know, I don't necessarily want Stadium Stampede, but I think I want Blood and Guts, but it doesn't look like we're going to get that yet. We're just going to get a straight-up fight in the in the ring, Greg. And, uh, yeah. Are we okay with that for now? Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely, you know, what they're shooting for. And I like the way they, they position it as this is going to be you know, your corny stadium stampede, yeah. you know, sports entertainment nonsense. Um, I like the way Mosley put that, that this is going to be a good old fashioned street fight. You know, the old school bunkhouse stampede kind of matches from the NWA days or, um, you know, this would be a time to bring out one of those, um, you know, falls count anywhere, all weapons, uh, maybe even an unsanctioned match. Yeah, that's what we brought um, up, like the lights out. Yeah. But then we also and, have the House of Black and um, Dead Triangle trying to do the same thing. And I feel like they're more suited for that lights out match. So it's kind of, you know, tricky here. True. Um, but these both are matches that could be main events by themselves. So, especially with uh, House of Black and Death Triangle, I've been looking forward to this match forever. Yeah. And it's going to be definitely probably my my favorite as far as the show-stealing match of the night. Um, I think it's got all the potential in the world, even more so than the uh, Blackpool Combat Club and the uh, JAS. Uh, I think they're both going to be you know, good, you know, awesome, you know, bangers. But uh, I'm slanted more towards the uh, House of Black match as far as the one that's really going to steal the show. But they're both going to be amazing, I have no doubt. And, well, I guess that's the thing, too. Like, with five on five, you need some sort of confines for them to be in. You know, I don't like the idea of just the guys on the side of the ring waiting for the tag or something like that, so... So maybe this week they'll announce. Even yeah, though I sometimes think, the Chamber of Horrors would be great. Yeah. <laughs> Give a, a good old uh, Abdullah the Butcher um, uh, electric chair moment. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, I do like the idea that though maybe the the, uh, the BCC wins like a wrestling style match 
then, you know, Jericho's association wins a lot of guts match, which is the opposite of what we would think. And then there's some final payoff. But, um, yeah, it should be interesting to see what they, what they come up with. Uh, Britt Baker won. She's going to face Tony Storm in a semifinals match. Um, I can't remember who's on the other side off the top of my head on that, Greg. Can you remember who's on the other side? Against uh, for Britt Baker? Because Britt Baker's facing mm. Tony Storm. Right. And then is it... Uh, is it Hater on the opposite side? Because they were talking about if, if they both win, they face each other. That's right. I wonder if it's Ruby Soho. Ruby and, ja- and Jamie. Yeah. Yeah, we'll see who uh, who comes out with that. And then finally, we did see Adam Cole pick up a win over Jeff Hardy. Uh, Jeff Hardy got the win last week over Darby Allen, Greg. Uh, first time ever, and we're just gonna <laughs> we're gonna throw it on AEW, you know, TV. Uh, still think that should have been double or nothing match, but whatever. Too late now. Uh, Adam Cole picks up a win, and I think we saw everybody come out from. <laughs> The undisputed elite to take down everybody, correct? Right. Um, so good match with with Cole and Jeff Hardy for sure. Yeah. Um, but it, like I said, ended like we expected it to end. Um, but the the best match of the night was definitely uh, O'Reilly and and Phoenix. That match was amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they told amazing story. And the finish was believable, and everything about it was was fantastic. So I would, you know, go back and watch that match again. Um, this match with Colin Hardy was, you know, not on that level, but it was still really good. So, you know, props to everybody. It was awesome. Uh, and then some stuff about uh, Rampage, and then we'll kind of tie up what is headed for Double or Nothing so far, just from the card put together now, but um, House of Black defeated Evil Uno, 10, and Fuego de Sol. But we also have Dead Triangle kind of come out there and, you know, say they want a match. So we're all getting House of Black and uh, Dead Triangle in a match. And like you said, Greg, I think that will probably be a better, better match than the Jericho Society, Jericho Appreciation Society versus the Blackpool Combat Club, just because I think the less guys, the better. Uh, yeah, you know, so uh, Sean Spears defeated Big Domo, who is originally Killian Dane, not Dillian Dane, Dillian Kane. <laughs> um, good to see. Maybe he might be getting a little love on Rampage or on the AW Greg for uh, Big Domo. Maybe Nikki could join him soon. Uh, I hope so. That would be great. I'd love to see Nikki out of her. WWE yeah. restraints and back to in it or uh, NXT Nikki. Yeah. Um, but I think Damo would be, I think it's more like a one off and he's going to end up being on uh, Impact or the uh, revised version of ROH, maybe. Uh, Chris Statlander. Oh, this is where we're at, right? Uh, Chris Statlander. She's on the other side. Is it maybe her and Jamie? I, read, I guess uh, I should have had my producer look this up. It's so hard to type in Owen Hart women's tournament. <laughs> so. But anyways, uh, what do we think about Chris Statlander now? Kind of, you know, 
Uh, a little bit different, giving for her, not doing the alien, just being more of herself. How do we like that? I like it. I mean, they she got over with the alien thing, and you know it served its purpose. But if you don't move forward, you know you get left behind. So it's time to you know reimagine things, add some you know juice to the gimmick, and that way keep people uh, invested in you. So I like what I've seen for, from her so far, and I want to see what she can do with it. All right. So it looks like we have. Rip Baker and Tony Storm on one side. And then we must have, oh, we have Ruby and Chris Statlin on the other side. Because remember, they cut Sheeta out of it, saying she's injured. And then Sheeta right. came out and said, I'm not injured. So there was a little drama there. And I still don't know what's going on there. But um, yeah, so that's where we're at. So it'll be Ruby Soho, Chris Statlander against Britt Baker, against the winner of Britt Baker and Tony Storm. So I assume maybe Britt and Ruby again. Hmm. Oh, no. I, we just saw that not long ago. So. That's the only thing. But Statlander's on the same side of the bracket, yeah? Yeah. Statlander and Ruby are going at each other. Hmm. Do we maybe give Chris this? I guess Chris would make more sense because she does have kind of the revised gimmick. Right. Uh, maybe her beating Britt Baker would be something. I feel like it's going to be Britt, on, Britt Baker on one side, though, no matter what. I don't see Tony Storm beating her. No, I don't either. Um, how about this? I also wrote this in here, Greg. Normally we don't, you know, promos are harder to talk up. This men of the year, Sammy Guevara taste stuff is just getting so convoluted. So now you had Sammy Guevara destroying a TNT title belt. And then you had Frankie Kazarian in the kind of a kind of promo while Tay and Sammy are making out in the background for whatever reason. <laughs> and then you have, you know, um, Guevara warning the match, which I assume be Sammy and Tay, or Ty, sorry, versus uh, Scorpio and Paige, Van Zandt. But are we going to throw that together for double or nothing, or is that going to be on the AW Dynamite soon after? Uh, I think it's going to end up being on a Dynamite. Yeah. Because they really kind of lost the lost the juice behind making this a, like a pay-per-view type of match with keeping Scorpio as a heel. Yeah. Um, when it looked like he was about to break away from ATT. <laughs> like, I don't know. They just keep going back and forth with like, who should be the heel? Right. It would have made more sense if he was going to break away from ATT and yeah. um, Dan Lambert and become a legit baby face because I think that's what they want Paige Van Zandt to be is as, as a baby face. But now that's not a thing because they've kept Scorpio heel and by extension, everyone Lambert's associated with is still going to be a heel. So um, they're doing an odd job of booking these matches as far as 
not defining who's the heel, who's the baby, or keeping heel heel or baby baby together. So um, there's some confusing times going on right now, for sure. I think the crowd wants to get behind Scorpio right now. I agree. And why not just pull that trigger? I mean, if you want, I mean, with the way Guevara and Conti have been with the relationship outside the ring, just do it. You know, pull the trigger on them being obnoxious inside. I mean, you kind of already are. And, you know, they keep saying, oh, the fans still love us. And I'm like, you sure about that? <laughs> because the fans in the arena sure don't. I mean, maybe outside, the, you know, maybe on social media, you know, you got all the love. But uh, when you hear those boos, Greg, that's, uh, that's definitely saying something. So, yeah. Uh, and then finally, Brian Danielson defeat and John Moxley won. Not much there. This is the whole uh, Brian Danielson getting his legs stuck for about 10 minutes between the like entrance ramp, Greg, and the ring. And, you know, having some trouble trying to get his leg out from there. So When did that happen? That happened at the end of Rampage. I guess he slipped and went between, like, the entranceway oh. and the ring. And like it was, his leg was like up to about his knee. I can't really show it. So just say your leg is in there to about your knee, and it was just oh. stuck there. Like they had to keep. I don't know if they how they got it out or what, but uh, it was about a good ten minutes. So, uh, Ouch. That, yeah, Tony Khan brought something like trying to play it up, saying you know do not fight. This is why we don't want guys fighting on the entranceway. You know, trying to keep it. <laughs> Uh, cave name, but uh, it sounds like it's okay. You know, <laughs> I don't think they had to, you know, cut out his leg or anything. <laughs> I mean, obviously, you know, they just shimmied it out of there eventually, and uh, I'm sure it was pretty sore. I mean, I would imagine your leg falls asleep after about <laughs> a few right. minutes or something, so uh, yeah, I'm sure, he, I'm sure he wasn't feeling great the next day, but probably just, you know, get some massage on it and Work it out, get some Ben Gay on there, Greg. I don't know, and uh, you know, get it working. So, um, so pretty much double or nothing. Let's see, we got the title matches, which is CM Punk, Hangman Page. We have Serena D, Thunder Rosa. We have the Hardys versus the Young Bucks. Then we have um, the BCC versus Jazz. We also have. Um, the tag team championship. I guess the TNT title won't be defended. We'll have the Owen Hart finals. I would assume maybe. Well, they haven't really said anything about Casino Battle Royal. Maybe that's. Maybe they're not going to do that, Greg, because of the finals of the Owen Hart tournament. Uh, was there another tag team match I'm forgetting? I felt like there was another tag team match. Who's at, is FTR fighting somebody? Um, let me see. But really, I'm really they, uh, up to date on mine. <laughs> what, yeah, what they going to defend the uh ROH titles against Red Dragon? The uh, oh, MJF and Warlow. Oh, take uh, um, oh, we've got Hookhausen Greg versus Mark Sterling and um. Uh, Tony Nese is on the buy-in. 
we have Anna J versus Jade. And I do not see anything for the FTR yet. For, F, for FTR. Somebody challenged FTR. I'm trying to remember who it was. All right. Oh, this the okay. I don't know. Oh, this is what they're expecting. Sorry. Somebody's expectation. Bucks, Hardy, Anna, and Jade. Oh, yeah, like this person said. I'm very confused by this FTR's number one contender, but they're not on the on the card. Yeah, because I thought um, Dax tweeted out, well, if we're not on the card, he's just going to get drunk. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think that, yeah, I don't know if they're on, if they're on there yet, but, um, and then, of course, we got Forbidden Door happening in June, at the end of June, so maybe they'll put the titles up there. So, it's a pretty packed card, though, so um, we got a lot of predictions to do next week, Craig. Yeah, absolutely. It's a huge card. Um, and, you know, shout out to, to Monsley and Danes for having that great match with uh, Dante and Seidel yeah. uh, for the main event. This was a really good match. Um, I didn't expect much out of it, but, you know, you can't have Dante in there and, and not get some fireworks, so they they really overproduce from what I was expecting. And uh, how about them actually, you know, cutting a promo and Dante looking into the camera and saying something? That's been one of my biggest beefs with him is that he doesn't show any emotion. He doesn't say anything. His tag team partner does all the talking. And he actually looked in the camera and said some words. And he, he cut a promo up. himself. So, you know, shout out to Mr. Dante Martin for – you know, not nothing in saying something, you know, getting that beef out there. So, you know, you need to do more of that because that's how you're going to get people. It's how you're going to get people buying your merch. That's how you're going to get over. You know, you can't just depend on, you know, backflips and somersaults. You got to get on the stick and say something. So, you know, shout out to him for doing that and then going out and delivering a great match. So uh, I was really proud of that main event, the way it went down. Um, like the send off to the old school uh, NWA WCW days with the ball as they went off the air and come back next week and the whole thing uh, the way they used to do um, like that and uh, they get to the comment about the whole um, Regal Jericho angle that Wow, some really, really deep burns as far as that all went. Uh, and it doesn't seem like Regal had much to say in in return. So it was kind of a disappointing segment as far as the back and forth, but they definitely got the uh, the point across. So it's still an impressive segment, but I wish Regal would have had more to respond with. Well, like you said, I don't think, I think he said uh, Jericho made points <laughs> so he couldn't he couldn't necessarily respond back um, right. the dig at moxley though was that too too low uh, i think everything is fair game unless you're talking about like the family and the kids um but you know him referencing moxley's rehab he dances on the too soon 
category, but Moxley's in the ring. Not like you said it behind his back. Moxley's in the ring. He's going to be able to get his pound of flesh for him saying that. So, you know, all's fair and at this point. And kids and family kids. <laughs> I mean, uh, Samoa Joe still still wants Wendy, doesn't he? He still wants Wendy Styles. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, I personally think kids and that type probably should be off limits. Especially, like, young ones. You know, like Goldberg's son, you know, it still looks like he had to be 14 or 15, right? Like, he wasn't, you right. know, like an 18-year-old, 19-year-old, you know, young adult. I mean, he was 14, 15. So, um, yeah. And we saw with Eddie and Dominique back in the day. So, and Aaliyah. Aaliyah was back there, too, back in those days. So, yeah. I mean, heck, if the boss puts his own daughter on a cross being sacrificed by the Undertaker, Craig, <laughs> nothing is off limits. So. True. Yeah. Or when uh, what Nikki Bella's like, I wish you would have died in the womb. She said that to Brie Bella, and I was like, <laughs> there we go. Every, everything is fair game. But um, yeah. So. All right. Well, we uh, last commercial break. We'll get the last call and uh, wrap up the show. Get you ready for next week. I, uh, like I said, it's funny, Greg. Double or nothing. Really. Had two matches booked just about a week ago, and now all of a sudden we have like a full card. So um, good on them for giving us stuff to you know finally sink our teeth in for that event. Because I was starting to wonder, I'm like, what are we getting for that event? But but here we go. So uh, one last bit of business, and then we will get right into last call. What is up, everybody? It's your boy Dan over at BWSports1.com and Black and White Sports. And I'm wondering, if you're ready to buy or sell that home, now's the time, and I got just the person for you. Mr. Sean Nugent, a.k.a. Rockstar Realtor himself, 317-503-8322. Put that home on the market. Get into your dream home with this man. Talk to Sean at Talk to Tucker today, 317-503-8322. And make sure you tell him the boys over at BWSports1.com sent you. All right, so I have a blank last call, Greg. We can bounce ideas back and forth. But um, now last week, I know you were MIA for a bit. And I brought up Batista. Uh, it was his 20, 20th anniversary of him debuting, or 20 years ago he debuted. And I brought up how, um, where does he break first for you, Greg, in the annals of breaks? Like, I... I'd probably give him top 30, but probably 30 to 40 range if I really had to think about it. Um, Batista. Yeah. You would have him higher than I would. Um, I don't really see him as a great. Um, And I think part of it is his best his best asset was his physicality. Um, he wasn't great on the microphone, um, and his his personality was was lacking at times. As a, I liked him more as a heel than a babyface. Yeah. Uh, just because when he was the babyface, he seemed to be trying too hard to be likable and be um, relatable. 
and just when he was a bad guy, it was more natural for him. Um, but could I put 30 people in front of him that I would have paid to see more? Absolutely. So I would probably put him the 50 to 75 range. I mean, like, you know, it's just, uh, it's, I mean, and do you think he was hampered because he had to come up in the Triple H, John Cena, Randy Orton, and Brock Lesnar range? Do you think he would have been, had a better career? If he no. said sooner or later, or do think he'd still have the same career? No, I think that was the best case scenario for him. Okay. Um, because... You know, being in the ring against those top guys makes you a top guy. Yeah. And so, you know, too much is never enough as far as, you know, having enough top guys on your roster, you know, to carry your house shows, to carry your pay-per-views, to carry Raw and SmackDown. Um, having a dearth of guys that you can put at the top and people are going to be glued to the TV, that's always a good thing. And so... Him being in there with Austin and Rock and Undertaker was the best thing that could that he get that you could expect for him, and it's paid off. Look what he's doing now. Yeah. Um, so that was definitely best case scenario. I mean, right? Without Austin and Rock and all those guys from the Attitude Era, you know, he's carrying Cross and. Carrying Cross should have been a lot better, a lot bigger than he is now. But without the guys to work with that are on that upper level for him to ascend to, he goes nowhere. And now Carrying Cross is, I think, off to impact or something like that. So, you know, it's a waste of potential and time. And that could have been Batista without those top guys to work with. So, you know, he was the right place, right time. And, you know, he, he showed out once he got and the he camp. started later. I don't know if you know, Greg. He started in his, like, early 30s, mid-30s. Like, just think if he, you know, if he ends up starting a little bit sooner, enters the prime of his, you know, body range and, who knows? So yeah. my other question, you kind of brought this up, the outside of ring stuff. Um, who do you think has had the better movie career, Greg? John Cena or Batista? Ooh, interesting. Um, well, let's see. We got Cena with more kind of made-for-TV movies. Yeah. We get the... Um, Remember, he was in the, the 12 rounds. Yeah. The. Um, There's that firefighter kids movie. <laughs> right. That was out. Um, yeah. What the vacation friends on Hulu. Drew, and there was, there was the one where, or cop blockers. I think that's what yeah. it was. Oh, yeah. I completely um, forgot about that one. Yeah. Remember that one? So it. He's done more family-friendly, friendly, you know, movie of the week kind of kind of fair until you get to um, the comic book movies. Yeah. Um, 
So I think Batista definitely left him behind with uh, the movie career with Guardians, um, the the zombie movie that came out on Netflix um, last year. That was really good. I watched that. So if you haven't seen it, it's really good. And he's really good in it. Now, what might give John C. B. Edge Craig is Peacemaker. Because I have, like, teachers at my school that don't ever watch comic book movies, like shows or movies, and they talk to me about Peacemaker all the time. And I feel like they still don't realize that Batista was Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy and that he was a former wrestler. Now, comic book people know that, and, you know, movie people, I, so I think I think that's interesting because I gave my I gave the edge to Batista because you got to think of Guardians of the Galaxy. He was in Avengers for a hot minute, and we have the yeah. third Guardians of the Galaxy still coming out. Right. And I think he did Dune, uh, which won Academy Award, I think, or won some sort of award. Uh, in, then there was that um, that zombie movie that was on Netflix. That, yeah. was that was the hottest so, movie on Netflix for a long time. So, yeah, I mean, but it, it is interesting to think, like, you know, I didn't think Batista would have carried over into, you know, TV and movies. Because, like you said, his promos could be hit or miss. You know what? His best promo was uh, talking about being Blutista and doing the princess wave and taking these out. <laughs> or they give me what I want. I mean, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. But, yeah. Um, so yeah, that was my last calls from last week, Greg, and I know you didn't get a chance to answer those. Did you have any last call that you'd like to throw out there for the week? Well, I had a... Um, or a closing call. <laughs> well, something came to mind when I was watching um, Hook housing. Um, uh-huh. the, that whole thing playing out. And between... The characters, looking at it character-wise, if you could be a any character between AEW and um, WWE, let's say for a month, whose body would you want to jump into? Oh, who would I? Yeah. Oh, it's got to be Roman, doesn't it? For me, man, like just having those muscles and that body. Dude. <laughs> Look at me. Yeah. That'd be Roman. Um, yeah. Give me Roman all day. I mean, I would say a woman's body because I'd like to check myself out, but I don't want to get too creepy <laughs> on that end, Greg. So I'll just say Roman for now. You know, I pretty much made it creepy by saying I would check out my muscles. And I don't have long hair, so I'd, I'd like to see what it's like to have that, have that long hair of Roman Reigns. Now, I don't want to be the dad. He's got, like, too many damn kids around. So I'll definitely be on the road. (laughs) Not not worry about the twins and the three other kids. But, yeah, I would think, would you pick Dan Housen, Greg? I I could see you rocking some Dan Housen paint. (laughs) I'm I'm still trying to get the gimmick with Dan Housen because um, the, the segments with Hook have been entertaining. But... When he finally got into the ring and did something, he got smashed by Tony Nese after uh, getting distracted, and we didn't see him do anything. So I'm still waiting for what I'm going to see from from Danhausen. 
I want to like him. I want to be into it. And I've seen nothing yet. And I'm not going to go and start YouTubing old matches of his because I want to be surprised the way I was with Oris Cassidy when um, all you saw was him lounging around ringside or in the first row or until we saw him getting that first match with Pac. And then you're like, oh, okay, this guy's got something. So I'm hoping for that moment with Danhausen. Because uh, all we've seen is him trying to curse somebody, and then, uh, you know, he got smashed. So I'm waiting with bated breath to see him in a good match delivering something interesting. Um, but Danhausen is not who I would pick. I look across the landscape, and Roman would be great. Um, Brock would be great. But... Those guys do crazy work. They have crazy matches. And I'm sure at the end of the week, they're beat to death. I think it would be awesome to be our truth for a week or for a month. Because the guy runs around and he has the best segments. They're always hilarious. He's always popping the guys. You can, if you watch long enough, you can see the, the others trying not to laugh while he's on screen. Uh, the whole wedding sec, the double wedding, just great. And the man, everything he does is just pure comedy. It's gold. And the guy doesn't take any bumps. Yeah. You know, he, he gets run around doing the best segments. And, you know, he still makes his money and he doesn't take a single bump. He's, he's just doing off the wall, cool stuff, funny stuff. And everybody loves him. So anytime Truth is on there, you you can't leave the TV because you know something funny is about to come out of his mouth, no matter what it is. So what if you had to do uh, all time past character? I think for me, it's easily Stone Cold at the height. Like I would love to be in that role. I'm just I'm and like you said, the schedule would be hell, Greg. But to see what that was like would be something yeah. special to see. Yeah, I agree with that. The, like our Hogan in the eighties, like like kind of when Hogan was really rolling. That I think because Hogan was even on, you know, he might have been even he was pretty close to those Stone Cold levels. I mean, wrestling was more popular in the late nineties, obviously, Greg. But Hogan, for his own work, you know, being every TV show, every late night talk show. Every you know TV appearance and still being champion that's probably something. But is there anybody in the past that you would like to uh, freaky Friday with for the day, Greg? <laughs> um, I can I can never be Hogan. I hated that guy. I still hate that guy. Uh, I would have to pick Triple H. You know, prime Triple H that yeah. looked like Conan the Barbarian. You know, the, the great hair and the Muscles upon muscles, um, the, all the stuff with DX, even the older stuff with the uh, the Blue Blood, Hunter Hearst Helmsley before he became Triple H, um, getting these great storylines with Stephanie and the whole the marriage and um, the great rivalries. You know, Stone Cold going back to Jericho. This the rivalry we had with Jericho is still too underrated but it was awesome 
Um, so I would definitely love to to have been in Triple H's shoes, and he was the the ultimate villain to Austin's Austin's ultimate hero. So um, as as much cheer and love as he got, as Austin got, Triple H got that same love as the villain. So um, I would have to go with Triple H, and plus plus the entrance. You, you, you can't sneeze on the entrance. He always gets the biggest entrance, yeah. the biggest pops. And as a solo or with DX, you know, he's must-see TV no matter what. So I would have loved to be him. Like, I would love to be bent for the dead and just see what the hell he does. Because like <laughs> they said, the man doesn't sleep. He works out in the middle of the night. He's riding all the I mean... I just can't imagine what his, especially like we said in those, like the prime time attitude era, Greg. There's no way he slept. No, no. So. But he had to figure out something interesting for Austin to do every week. So I'm sure that was a time-consuming task as it was. Just throw him against him. <laughs> that's all. That's all you had to do. <laughs> just throw him against him. So, uh, yeah. All right. Well, that's all we got for this week. We are ready for Double or Nothing next week. Give you those predictions. And, uh, yeah, we're ready for, um, yeah, that's it. And Hell in a Cell. Uh, should we do an NXT in your house special, Greg, on Saturday night and then Hell in a Cell predictions the next night? I guess we'll see what your schedule is that weekend if you need to. If not, we can yeah, I think we could. Or we could always do a, like a, some sort of quick video. You know, maybe Facebook Live at some point and just kind of catch up that way. Um, do that special too. So uh, since they're back to back, but but next yeah. week we'll be live at six. Um, I do have the Indy Five Hundred, but I should be home before then. I'll probably be hot, sweaty, and tired, so that'll be fun. That's the that's the story of the Five Hundred, Greg. Hot, sweaty, and tired usually. So. Uh, you're actually going to it. Yeah, yeah, I've been going since 2011 and missed, maybe missed once or twice in that span. So, yeah, we've gone, my mom and dad went way back, like, in the 80s to about 91, I think. Just my mom and dad would go, and then we, they had kids. <laughs> they had my rest of my siblings, so they stopped going, and then we picked back up with me, my dad, two of my brothers since about 2011. Uh, one year we won tickets. So we sat in the infield, and then other the other years we bought tickets uh, with a friend of my dad's. And they're the top two rows, which is really fun because you could see the whole, you could see the you know the actual track, not the whole track, but you could see the cars because as you get lower, it's harder to see them since they're small and whatnot. But um, and then yesterday I spent the day uh, for qualifications and had garage passes thanks to a friend who got them. And so we got to walk around the garage area, and that was busy as heck, right? Uh, cars get getting ready, uh, just pulling out to go out to qualify. They had a, a rain delay, lightning delay, so we ended up leaving. So they had to kind of get everything pushed together today. But, uh, yeah, I'll be there live with the 200-some thousand people. Uh, yeah. It's, it's a big deal here. It's, it's still funny that, you know, People here don't sometimes realize the magnitude of it. Like 200 some thousand people at a racetrack. I mean, not even Daytona is that big. So, 
And the best yeah, is when they, they show the, when they show like a zoomed out view, Greg, and they'll show what could fit in there. I mean, you could fit like three, two Bankers Life stadiums, a Lucas Oil stadium, a Victory Field. You could fit it. I mean, it's ridiculous how many things you could fit into this square footage of track. Because uh, technically there's a golf course in there. There's the road course in there. So, yeah. When you, when you visit the Speedway, it is a massive, massive track. So. Huh. Yeah, I've been in one NASCAR, and that was enough for me. <laughs> well, that's what, like, the graveyard here, people just said it's just boring. Because once cars get out in front, it's hard to pass because there's just not, the track is so open. Like, once you get out kind of in front, it's, you know, unless you wait for a caution. Uh, you know, whereas Indy cars, they're pretty equal for the most part, especially now that they've changed up the Indy car. Uh, maybe, you know, speed-wise, guys can get faster based on what they have engine-wise. But for the most part, the, the bodies are the same. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. But... Nice. Well, have fun yeah. with that. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> You're going to be deaf next week when we try to go and uh, do a show. Yeah. So. Yeah. Usually like it's going to sound like Little John. What? I like to take a nap after I get home, but uh, we'll make it work. Uh, I'll be, yeah. I mean, it's double or nothing. We got to make it. So I can sleep Monday, Memorial Day. And, uh, yeah. So. All right. Well, enjoy the week. Enjoy the rest of the week. We'll see what we get. If we get anything on the Sasha Naomi stuff, like we said, I don't think we get much this week. I think it's, I think it's going to be a little bit away unless something magically happened over this weekend, but. Uh, uh, yeah, we'll uh, see where they're at, hopefully soonish. But uh, yeah, thanks for watching. Catch us next week at 6 o'clock p.m. Eastern Standard Time for Double or Nothing Predictions. And have a great week. Peace.